Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to Buckeyes Tomorrow Morning. For Thursday, August 3rd, I'm your host, Tom Moore. The Indiana game is in 30 days. The game against Michigan in 114 days. We get content for this show in a whole bunch of different places. A lot of times it's an article someone on Buckeye Huddle's written, or an interesting conversation on our message board. This time, though, it was a tweet, and I think this one might have set the record for the fastest uh, amount of time, the fastest after a tweet was sent, that I was on the phone texting with the person, hey, I want to talk to you on the uh, morning show about this at some point. And the tweet was sent by Devin Radcliffe, who is one of Buckeye Huddle's X's and O's gurus, and it was, I think, last weekend, maybe late last week, and the tweet was, about Ohio State's defensive scheme. And there was a conversation about Ohio State's defense and where it had maybe fallen short in previous seasons. And I'm just going to read the, tw- this, the tweet here, and then we're going to talk to Devin about it. So the, the tweet was, the scheme compared to, say, Georgia or Alabama, or even what Michigan is doing now, which is diet Ravens, like the Baltimore Ravens, is rather middle school in comparison, need to have more tools in the box than man harder or break faster. Now, I thought that was really interesting, because every time we talk about the Ohio State defense, especially under Jim Knowles, it's okay, they, they are taking too many chances, and the problem is they're taking too many chances, and they're setting us up and getting, and getting blown away uh, with big plays. So, all right, so this is a little bit of a different angle to the conversation about the Jim Knowles defense. Let's welcome in Devin. He is one of our, as I said, X's and O's gurus. He is a defensive coach by trade, so this is, this is his area of expertise. I, I guess, Devin, I, I saw that, and I went back to, remember in 2017, Oklahoma backup quarterback Austin Kendall calling Ohio State's defense a basic defense, and everyone just lost their mind about that. I thought it was really interesting that, you know, how many defensive coordinators later, how many defensive, you know, different head coach, all these different players, and we're still kind of having the same conversation. So what is it that makes Ohio State's defense, I guess, a little bit basic right now? So right, right now, you kind of go back to... Uh, we'll start with just go back to Coach Dave and let me break up a great point about the Oklahoma game, and I had totally forgotten about that. Um, is since Coach Dave's taken over, he seemed to want to, to hang his hat on single high coverage, meaning just one safety in the middle field, and his bread and butter coverage is going to be just straight man to man. You know, if you remember back to Coach Halfley when they implemented the, uh, they call him the nickel corner, I believe, the Sean Wade position, you know, was in there primarily to cover people. And uh, played with three straight corners, not even a nickel, you know, a nickel safety or nickel back. So as it's progressed, you kind of see him keep that even through Coach Combs where, hey, we're going to have our corners be cover guys only, really. And they're going to play straight man to man. And our changeup coverage is still going to be single high, but it's going to be 
some variation of spot drop cover three, meaning the uh, the defenders all have a particular area on the field they're responsible for, responsible for. Now, if you play football uh, at any level, high school, middle school, maybe even little league, this is this is pretty. And I don't mean this consulting, but pretty basic stuff. You drop, you get a pass read, you drop your specific marker on the field, you turn around, and look at the quarterback. Um, used to hear the Ohio State guys say 99.9, meaning 99.9% of your vision's on the quarterback. We're going to look back at the quarterback and we're going to break on the ball. So even now with Jim Knowles coming in, uh, we're seeing that again. We're seeing man-to-man, we're seeing single high coverage, and we're seeing the change of speed. Now with Jim Knowles, you're seeing more cover two variations, and you're, but you're still seeing that uh, still cover three is the change up, but spot drop variation. The difference in what Coach Knowles is doing is how he gets there. So he's doing a lot more disguise with, within his three safety structure of who's going to be covering or how we're going to get to a get to the coverage. But still, as I like to say, I'm having these discussions. If you pause at the end of the play and see where everyone's lined up, they're still getting to a spot drop coverage or straight man to man with a single high safety in the single uh, middle of the field, or or straight zero coverage, which we can you know we all if you're an Ohio State fan, you know where I'm getting at with that. Um, and that's actually kind of different from Coach Knowles. Uh, due to my background, I want to say I was a, a I was a Knowles hardcore Knowles follower, but going back to when he was at Duke and I was and I was still living in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, I had the opportunity to listen to Coach uh, Coach Knowles speak and uh, Coach Gary as well, clinic and and learn about their defense some when they were at Duke uh, or over the years. And you know they were too high team. They were doing what you typically hear called called quarters coverage or what's called matchup zone coverage, meaning you're going to cover a specific receiver in your zone and you're going to play tight coverage on him instead of this straight that instead of straight man. So it kind of gives you um, use a bit of hyperbole. It kind of gives you the best of both worlds of man and zone, which is why you see teams running because you can still get some feel some vision on the quarterback, but you still get some tighter coverage. When you look at this is different than what they were doing at Duke. So is that a function of you have different players here? Is this a general evolution of what Knowles has done over the years where it changed a little bit at Oklahoma State and it's changed more now than Ohio State? Or is this, this is kind of what Ryan Day wants to run, so Jim Knowles is running a little bit more what Ryan Day wants to run? If I had to pick a, if it's an either or, and I got had to pick one, I'm going to say Jim Knowles is running a Ryan Day-inspired defense with his variations on it, you know, how he gets to it, instead of just lining up straight in it. Uh, again, he's using, like I mentioned before, he's using those three safeties to disguise it some. Again, you go back and look what he's doing at Oklahoma State, especially before he, right this season before he got to Ohio State. He was primarily a three down front. The infamous, dare I say, Jack linebacker uh, position was his base package. And he was playing, again, a lot of uh, the combo combination coverages in the secondary. We get kind of what I was getting at with Georgia and Alabama. We'd get specific based on formation, double coverages, or you had the ability to double cover a stud wide receiver that you want to eliminate from his from his structure, which we haven't seen yet at Ohio State. And it's not that Jim Knowles hasn't done it in the past, because he has. He just hasn't done it yet at Ohio State. You've mentioned some of the pre-snap disguise, and that's something we've talked about with Ross on previous shows, and maybe with you on previous shows as well, where I guess, let's, we'll have you explain that a little bit, because the general idea there is, this is something that you're not changing what you're doing, but you're sort of changing the picture for the quarterback and you're making it a little harder to identify stuff pre-snap. So 
it is a hopefully makes it difficult on the offense while still keeping it relatively simple on the defense. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Yes, sir. So what you could see is, you know, I'll do my football uh, hand talk here. You line up in the middle of the field, can I see both my hands there? Two, two safeties in the middle of the field, and that's what the quarterback's looking at before the ball snapped. And the ball snapped, one drops back, and the other one drops down. That's a very simple explanation of how they change the picture post-snap for the quarterback. Um, what they could do with those, they could put three on, three safeties across, and drop two back and have one drop down at middle linebacker, which you saw them some, to get into a cover two look, where they drop the safety down the middle of the field, and uh, he becomes the de facto middle linebacker. And we saw that in some of their change-ups some throughout the course of the season. So that's just a couple of quick examples of what Ohio State fans have seen from Jim Knowles thus far. Now, when you look last year, that was year one for Jim Knowles, and this was you know, again, a new new coach and a new scheme. And we talked to players a bunch this spring about even guys who are veterans. This is really the first time they've had same coordinator, same system throughout a, a season back to back. Even someone like Josh Proctor, who's been here for a million years at this point, he was talking about the fact that, you know, you've got some continuity now. And so you understand things a little better. Are you thinking that they might provide more variety now that it's the second year and he's kind of got his defense installed and now you can do a little bit more. You can take it a few more directions. I mean, they're opening fall camp today. So is that a time when you think you might see different stuff or you think this is going to be kind of keep it simple, keep guys, you know, do your pre-step snuff, but just kind of rely on your athletes being just faster, a little quicker, a little, a little better and just being able to make those plays. So this is where I get into this is where I kind of get to my point of, you know, having having tools in the toolbox. I think I mentioned that before. And you compare them to, say, Georgia, Alabama or the Diet Ravens, where they have more tools in the toolbox. Uh, Georgia, again, um, even though he had a heck of a ball game before he got before he got the injury, um, they were trying to bracket or combination or, or to put it even even simpler, double cover Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, if you go back to the game. Uh, uh, Michigan, with their Diet Ravens type of structure, uh, was able to push or roll coverage to Marvin Harrison Jr.'s side and force him to get through two defensive backs. And right now, we haven't seen Ohio State have the ability to do that um, with what they've got implemented thus far on their defense. Not saying they can't, and they have definitely the personnel on the field to do some of those things, but they just haven't done it yet. And that's what you see from the top programs like a Georgia, obviously, Alabama, which Kirby Smart obviously is from the Saban tree. And a lot of his guys came from Saban on his defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, what, they're, what Michigan's done now, which is kind of a, uh, if you want to say philosophically, kind of a 180 from when they had Don Brown. And it was man-to-man, we're going to send everybody. Now we're going to drop back. And again, use a bit of hyperbole. We're going to drop back, play more coverage first, and eliminate explosives, and, 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 st- and then stop, slow you down that way. Um, which, you know, as I'm thinking out loud here, is probably a reaction to uh, – 2018-2019 Ohio State game of getting killed by explosives. Hey, how do we stop them? So let's go out and change the structure of our defense. So that's some of the differences there you see between what a Ryan Day defense, kind of regardless of who the uh, defense coordinator has been thus far and what we're seeing now from the top-end programs. And to answer your point uh, in a long-winded way here uh, about better players, hey, we recruit better. You recruit better, yes. Mark Pantone and the recruiting has done uh, – has won about eight to nine of your football games for you on signing day. However, if you're going to say things like win national championship, let's back up a step, start winning Big Ten again, 
back up another step. Hey, you want to do all that? You better start winning the game. Well, you need to have those tools in the toolbox when you're playing players of equal skill set or better. You know, I, I, to bring up another nightmare game, national championship game not too long ago, and you've got the Heisman Trophy winner who, you know, had 472 receiving yards in the first half and seven touchdowns or whatever his astronomical number was, and they didn't have the ability to do anything to defend him um, within the structure of their defense. So now I get it. It was covered here. I get all that. But, um, you know, that's just an example for Ohio State fans. Hey, how do we eliminate this big play wide receiver? And that's kind of where my quote was, oh, we got to play man harder or break on the ball faster. Well, we need some tools in the toolbox when you're playing a guy that you didn't recruit over um, and you didn't win that battle on signing day. It's interesting that you talked about Michigan in terms of the context of eliminating big plays because coming out of last season, especially the last two games of last season, against Michigan, against Georgia, what was the talk? It was they lost because they gave up too many big plays. And you know, Knowles has cut, you know, talked about being willing to give up four or five big plays a game if he's playing more aggressively. Are you? He, he talked, I think, a little bit this year about maybe trying to limit those big plays. So maybe a little bit of a ph- philosophical change there. What is he going to do to limit those cha- those those uh, big plays? Is that the kind of changes you're talking about here? Is that the kind of you know adding more tools to the toolbox, mixing things up a little bit more, or is there something else you're expecting him to do here? if he's going to try and really make a focus on, on limiting those big plays. Well, again, if you want to you talk about uh, what you're seeing with some of these, like an Iowa State three-safety defense, again, I'm not very familiar with it, or what Cincinnati did, or a better example would be what Luke Fickle did at Cincinnati, which people may be more familiar with, is you play and what the fancy or the buzzword now amongst coaches is layers in your defense. And what you're trying to do to do is, Instead of having your linebackers come flying up field when they think it's a run play and they just look, you know, we pause the and you pause the video and you see that the offensive line, defensive line linebackers are all kind of, you know, stacked on top of each other and you're not sure if it's run or pass or linebackers run through. You know, you create a lot of tackles floss that way, but everyone's in one line. The old buzzword used to be build a wall. You'd hear that a lot from coaches. Well, that mentality's kind of shifted and you the old mentality was, hey, we're going to build a wall. We're not going to let you get back to the line of scrimmage. Well, what's happening now, especially with the spread and RPO game, and um, is, you know, the running back, they got all the safety spread out. You don't have safety help. Well, the linebacker or the running back hits a crease in your wall. Well, there's no one there. Again, let's go back to the Michigan game. They had like two runs, I think, get out of the backfield, and they're both for 95 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, they got all their rushing yards in about two plays, it seems like. Um, because they creased that wall and there was no one there to put them on the ground. So what you're seeing now is linebackers almost, and I don't mean this quite literally, but the easiest way to explain it is slow play, almost like a safety used to. Hey, don't go until you know. And then once they know who's got the ball or know where the ball is going to hit, you, you hear coach speak like ball fits or, or track the ball. But once they know where the ball is going to go, you may give up. You know, we're going to trade two or three yard gains consistently but you're never going to get 20 because linebackers know where the ball's going to go before they go flying after it. Instead of just flying through the line of scrimmage, try and create tactical loss. And the same, same thing with secondary. We're going to play more guys backed off. We're going to match up the routes. We're going to play with more vision on the quarterback so we know where that ball's going to go. So we're able to put it on the ground if it does happen to break past the line of scrimmage or when it breaks past the line of scrimmage. What's so fascinating about this to me is 
you know, you're trying to play fast and you're keeping things simple right now, and that's creating issues. But you go back five, six years during the Greg Schiano tenure as the defensive coordinator at Ohio State, and the criticism was that guys were overthinking. They they couldn't play fast because things were maybe too complex. There were too many different things they had to keep an eye on or change. Is there a happy medium between those two? And what does that look like? Is that a mixture of you're just mixing up what you're doing so you're not as predictable? Is that some kind of middle ground philosophically between those two? I mean, what what does, you know, what, what does success look like here? Because it feels like over the years, the criticism on Ohio State has been too far one direction, too far the other direction. Like, what, what, what does that middle look like? You know, I think if you're just trying to keep it in an Ohio State fan, uh, and I'm going to go back a little bit, you go back to, let's say, Chris Ash. Chris Ash is going to go find that sweet spot of we had just enough tools, you know, to go back to the Alabama game. Um, they were able to double cover, was it Cooper? I believe it was a wide receiver. Amari Cooper, yep. They have, you know, I, I know he had two touchdowns, but because the season low in yardage, he had like 90 yards receiving or something like that. Maybe even been less than that, if I recall correctly. And they were able to double cover him because they had just enough tools in their toolbox that they were able to play two on one with him and force someone to try, someone else try to beat him. No, granted, it was Derrick Henry they were trying to force to beat him, so it got a little dicey there for a little bit. But nonetheless, they were able to take away their most explosive player. Go back even further, you had a guy like, and this is the guy I'm always talking about, is Jim Haycock kind of had an underdog defense and a lot of things that he was doing into his tenure. There's a lot of stuff we're seeing a lot of programs emulate now. He's able to play single high coverage, but play that matchup zone um, where it gives you kind of the best of both worlds, tighter coverage on the receivers in your zone, but you still have some vision uh, on the play. You're playing things with your run fits, and I think this is where a lot of the, a lot of the um, a lot of teams are going to. You hear them talk about like dealing gaps or um, uh, another one you'll hear is react attack, meaning your defensive line doesn't necessarily just get off the ball and get up field. They're going to get off the ball, see what the offensive line's doing, and then attack. So that way they're fitting, they're almost fitting like linebackers as a defensive lineman instead of just head down, get off the ball, and let's get off the field, try to make some plays happen. Hey, we're going to see what the offensive line's taking us to, and which again allows your uh, linebackers to fit off them play a little bit slower, and then explode to it once they where they know where the ball's going. So again, answer, you know, long-winded way of getting here I go, of, of how do you get it. There, There is a middle ground, and I think it's one of the things that, you know, what can you teach, what do you know, and you got to be all in, in alignment and making sure uh, uh, all three phases of your defense uh, complement each other very well. All right, well, as we're talking, Ohio State is getting ready to open their fall camp. They open on Thursday morning, and is there something you are maybe most interested in seeing? We get a very limited window. We get to watch them on Thursday, and then we get to watch them next Friday, and that'll be about the extent of our chances to watch fall uh, fall practice. But, you know, is there something that you would be most interested in knowing this fall, whether personnel or scheme or philosophy on defense? What, what are you maybe most interested in learning about throughout the course of fall camp? You know, as I'm thinking out loud here and having this conversation, um, if you think back to this time last year, it was, how is Jim Knowles going to adjust to the Big Ten? And in his defense, I guess you could say, it's almost like he overcorrected his defense. To, hey, we got to be a fast, slow, downhill, gap-charging defense because we're playing Iowa's and Wisconsin's. So I'm curious to see if he doesn't make that correction or or kind of find back to that happy medium of, 
I don't quite need to be an all air raid Big 12 stop in defense because I still am in the Big 10. I still got to stop the run and, and play some Midwest football. But I maybe don't necessarily need to sell out to it technique-wise like I thought I was going to have to. And do we see a more of a, to your point, kind of that sweet spot middle ground of what he had done at Oklahoma State and what he had done last year, and he's able to find that find that uh, find that area in between in, in his defense. All right. Well, if you guys enjoy listening to Devin talk about football as much as I do, and Ross and Mikey and Justin and all of our X's and O's guys, uh, you would love it at BuckeyeHuddle.com. We have a whole team of X's and O's gurus here to make you a smarter football fan, make you a little more informed, help you understand what you're watching on. Uh, on Saturdays in the fall, I'm always reminded of the old baseball quote, and I don't remember who it was. It might have been Leo DeRocher. Uh, baseball is like church. Many attend, few understand. And I feel like that's college football is kind of like that as well. But you, you can understand a little better if you're a member of BuckeyeHuddle.com because we have a whole team of X's and O's guys explaining it all, laying it all out for you, making sure you understand what you're watching on Saturday and not, not just the what you're seeing, but also the why behind what you're seeing. So. That is one of the many benefits of becoming a member at BuckeyeHuddle.com. Of course, we have Kevin and Tony and I covering the team, Mark and Alex on recruiting in a fantastic community as well on our message board. We're going to probably have some uh, post-game coverage this year as well, I'm going to guess, if you are are thinking, where do I know Devin from? You have probably seen Devin on some post-game shows over the last year. Should be bringing back a lot of that fun stuff uh, that you guys enjoyed last year as well on our YouTube channel. So that'll be YouTube.com slash BuckeyeHuddle. And we'll uh, have stuff on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Buckeye Huddle. All of the places, you can find us there. And make sure you are subscribed in all of the places. Make sure you rate it and review us on your podcast platform of choice. All that good stuff. And, of course, sign up today at BuckeyeHuddle.com. That will do it for today. Thank you guys all for joining us. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.